All right, the scripture we're going to be looking at today is Psalm 100. Uh, once again, uh, this would be the part two or part B. Uh, the title of the sermon is Know the Lord. So last time I preached, we looked through verses 1 through 3. Now we're going to be looking at 3 through 5. But before we start, uh, let us pray together. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for brothers and sisters, God, that you continually to uh, um, adopt through Christ, God. Um, just thank you for this church. Thank you for these brothers and sisters that we have, God, gathering today all across the world to worship You, the Creator of the world, the One who has made us, the One whom we belong to. God, I pray that You would remind all of us of these truths we're going to be looking at. Remind us, God, that that Your Spirit lives in us, that this world we live in is not our home, that one day, one day what the majority of the world fears to be the worst day will be the greatest day for us to come face to face with You and to know that You will not see all of our sin that you will see Christ. That you will see Christ who died and has taken it. And who has died and risen and defeated it. God, remind us of all these things. God, speak to me. God, I pray that you convict us all. And God, I pray that you would just simply just Help my voice to be clear. Even though I have all of these allergies, God, I pray that, uh, that you would just speak through me and uh, that my voice would just be clear. Thank you for this church and thank you for what you've done and who you are. And remind us of these things. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> So if you guys are looking at Psalm 100, uh, let's read the whole passage together. So it says, with verse 1, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know the Lord, that He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So again, today we'll be finished this, finishing this song with verses 3 and 5. But before we do, let's look back at what we've already learned. So, 
The last time I preached, you know, we went verse by verse, just one through three. And from what, um, <coughs> so from what we've learned last time, you know, the first verse is make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And we looked at what joy is. And we learned that joy is not only just an emotion, a feeling, but it's also a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That if we are in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. And if we have the Holy Spirit that richly dwells within us, we have joy within us because of Christ. And so, the second thing we looked at in that scripture is, well, how can we make a joyful noise? Well, that's why we looked at what joy is. And we learned also that that we must prepare our hearts. We must prepare our hearts daily. Every single day, we should not only just be in God's Word, but we should also be in prayer to be with Him. To prepare our hearts before God. Um, because our hearts are so easily distracted. Our minds are so easily distracted. Um, there's been many times where I've, I've come to church. Uh, my heart wasn't ready. Um, and it was. It was really difficult to just dive right into singing. Or to, uh, you know, into, into prayer. That's why we must keep our hearts warm to God's mercies and joys that He has for us. So prepare our hearts, right? If you want to make a joyful noise to the Lord, actually feeling joyful and, and knowing that we have joy, we must our hearts must be prepared. And so who are we making a joyful noise to? Uh, Jehovah, which means the existing one, the one who has always existed. And at the end of verse 1, we learned... It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. All the earth meaning not just, you know, Israel, not just Jerusalem, but to all the earth. It's an invitation for all the earth. You know, it's it's a command to worship Him, to make a joyful noise to Him. So that's verse 1. That's what we learned last time. And in verse 2, It says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. And we looked on how we can serve and sing the Lord. And why we can and how we can is simply because Jehovah, the one who has always existed, rescued us through His Son from the domain of darkness. And the Spirit that dwells within us, the Holy Spirit, has made us a new creation. You know, we have new desires. And because of the new desires that God has placed upon our new spiritual beating hearts, we can do it more gladly because now we are alive. We are alive. I kind of think of it like if you were dead on a street and an ambulance were to come you and come and bring you back to life, you know, you would be filled with joy knowing that you're you're alive. You know, you were once dead, but now you are alive. You can now you can now worship you can now worship God because you are alive. So that was verse one and verse two from what we learned last time I preached. 
And now we're going to be looking at verse 3. And for the most part, I know we're preaching, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, but I know for the most part, you know, we all, we all need to be reminded of, of these things. And I know, I know that, you know, we, we already have looked at a lot of these things already from the last time I preached over Psalm 100. But these are just, these are simple and powerful truths that we need to be reminded of because we forget it. You know, I say this often, but we forget it daily by the way we live. Um, you know, we, we forget how good God is and how big He is. So verse 3, Know the Lord, that He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So we all belong to God. If you are in Christ, we all belong to God. And we learn from Deuteronomy 10.17 that God is powerful, God is great, and that God is mighty. I mean, look around. You could look, you could look at the world and know that God is simply just, He's powerful. He is great. Look, look at the world. It's, it's, it's huge. You know, we're really just, you know, we're walking around a planet, you know, surrounded by, you know, oxygen that God, that God could easily just take away at any moment, but he, cho- he has chosen not to. But also knowing that, you know, when we look at the bigger picture of the planet, we know that we're just kind of just, you know, floating, you know, on nothing. We're just kind of, it seems like we're just floating around. And, uh, <coughs> you know, when you zoom out further, you could see the sun. You could see how big, you know, the sun is. Like, God created all of these things. God is powerful. God is great. God is mighty. There is no thing in the whole universe who can match our Father's strength. So know the Lord that He is all of these things. And we also learn from Revelations 1.8 that God has no beginning and has no end. He has always been. That our God, the Creator of all the universe, was not created. So know the Lord that He has always that he is. And in Isaiah 6, verse 3, we learn that God is holy, that he is set apart, that there is no other like him. You know, we see that throughout Isaiah, that there is no other like him. You know, there are no, there are no gods, you know, little g gods that are like him, that he's set apart. But know that there's only twice. In the whole Bible, where it repeats the word three times, and it's it's twice. It's in Revelations one or Revelations four eight, and in Isaiah six three. But we're about to read, uh, we're about to read Revelation four eight. But it says that He is holy, holy, holy. In Revelations four eight, it says, "In the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say." Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is to come. That's Revelations 
so know the Lord that there is truly no other like Him. That even the angels are not even close to being as holy as He is. I mean, they had, they had six wings. You know? Two to fly, two to cover their feet, and two to cover their face. Because they can, they need they need to cover their face when they're, you know, they're in the midst of God. These angels with six wings. <coughs> so know the Lord that He is holy, holy, holy. In Exodus thirty four six, we also learn that God is a merciful God. Mercy. Simply not giving us what we deserve. He doesn't give us what we deserve. You know, our sins, they are many, but His mercy is more. And know that God, God's mercy towards His people, it's, it's different. It's different from those who are not His people. It's different from those who are not his elect, because one day they will see no more mercy from God when they're, you know, when they're in hell, when they're in God's judgment. But we also learn that God is gracious; that He is a gracious God; that He has given us a gift, many gifts, but the ultimate gift that He has given us, we don't deserve. He has given us something we don't deserve. God. It's a very gracious God. Not only does, does He not show us mercy every single day, but grace. God is a gracious God. And we can trust in these things from all the attributes that, that we've already looked at and it's not even close to all the rest that what He is. But we can trust in these things because God is also a faithful God. That He is a faithful God you see, the world still remains intact. And all that He has said, and all the wrath that fell upon Christ for our sins will remain. We can trust in His Word because God is faithful. Everything that He says is true. We can trust in that. So know the Lord that He is faithful. And also know that the Lord, He is, he is good. Um, that God, our God is a good God. And I'm going to be looking at that attribute a little bit more. But I don't want to jump ahead. Because in verse, in verse 5, it says the Lord is good. And we will be looking at that. But for now, let's... Let's continue to move forward. And in 1 John 4, 7, we learn that God is love. And just like in Romans 12, 19, we also learn that God is just. I know for the most part in the world we live in today, you know, if you ask somebody what is, you know, who is God, they'll say that God is love. But that's all that they will say. They'll say that God is love. You know, we've heard it last night when me and Brady was preaching. You know, every so often we have, you know, 
mockers. I feel like it's not every single time we go out, but last night there there was, you know, Brady Brady had a young lady who uh, who was really an, an idolater. She said that God is love. That's and that's all He is. That He accepts anyone, you know, in all of their sin for who they truly are. And she, uh, that's what she kept saying over and over and over again. That God is love. That God is love. He wouldn't do this. God is love. He would not do those things that you're talking about. And when Brady was preaching over. You know, hell and sin. The need of a Savior. She would say that's not loving. So it really works well with what I'm about to say. So we know that God is love and God is just. It isn't that God is 50% love and 50% just, which makes up, you know, 100%. It's not that. It isn't that God is 60% love and 40% just, right? You see, God is both 100% love and 100% just. He's both of these things fully. One does not overrule the other. You know, with conversations I've had with people, they would say things like, well, when you say it like that, I don't think that God's justice, that, you know, that sounds like God's justice in wrath is overruling His love. But that doesn't make sense, you know. I've, I've heard men say, I've heard pastors say that if, if that's true, if God's justice, you know, in wrath were to overrule His love, then there wouldn't be any of us in heaven. But we know that's not true because God is perfect, you know. One doesn't overrule the other, you know. God is truly just and love because He is perfect. So know the Lord that He is love, that He is a God of justice and a God of wrath, a righteous God, but He is also, He, he is perfect. He is perfect in all of these things. And the best and greatest illustration of both God's love and God's wrath is demonstrated where? It's demonstrated on the cross. It's a, I think it's a you know, it's a really, it, it definitely does draw people's attention when we've street preached on the street and I say things and Brady says things like, you know, God is love. And for the most part, you know, they agree with you, right? And you say, God is love. Look at the cross, right? Look at cross, look at the cross where Christ was beaten, mocked, scorned for, you know, he, his, that his love was demonstrated on the cross. Jesus Christ. Does God love sinners? Yes. Look at the cross. But does God hate sinners? And usually when we say things like that, people, you know, they start to give you not so good of a look. But you say, look at the cross. Does God hate sinners? Yes, He does. Look at the cross of Jesus Christ. But does God love sinners? Yes, He does. Look at the cross of Jesus Christ. Where you can see both God's love and hatred. Not just for sin, but for sinners. For what goes what goes to hell. It's not the sin. Right? It's, it's the sinners. So Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross. 
What a great reminder and what a thing we need to continually remind ourselves of. So know the Lord, that He is a merciful, loving, faithful, and gracious God. A God of justice. So know the Lord, that He is a loving God, and that we are His We all, if you are in Christ, belong to God. So know the Lord. In verse 4, it says this. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. So the questions and the commands that are there that I'd be asking is, how can we enter his gates with thanksgiving. How can we enter His courts with praise? And how can we give thanks to Him? And how can we bless His name? Brothers and sisters, if our hearts are not prepared, I promise you, it would be, it would be ten times easier if, if we were truly in the Word daily. If we were with Him every single day, meditating on His Word, day and His law, day and night. Why? And it's the same thing from what I preached last time. Is You know, if, if you're preparing a dinner for somebody, right? If somebody's coming to your house, you prepare a dinner, you're ready. You know, you're, you're prepared for anything that could happen. Right? But if you're not... That there would be a hassle in the house. That there would probably be a great deal of stir. Because nothing is prepared. You know, your, your brain is scattered. And there's been many times where I've come to church. You know, in the past. And even still. Well, if I'm being honest. You know, that I haven't been in the Word. Or I haven't been in prayer. It's like, man, it's, it's, it's in vain. It really is. But know this, that know this, that that God is a gracious and merciful God. We can enter in with thanksgiving. We can enter His courts with praise and give thanks to Him and bless His name by simply reminding ourselves of what we just read and what we just learned in verse 3. What we just reminded ourselves in verse 3. And also looking forward to verse 5. We can do all of these things because of verse 3. Know the Lord. That He has made us. That we are His. That He has made us for Him. And Him alone. And as we have read in the catechism many times. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. He has made us for Him and we belong to Him. And if we belong to Him, we are His people. You see, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And if we are citizens of the kingdom of God, the world we live in, the world that we so much focus on, you know, so we, we would be considered sojourners, strangers, aliens in this world, because we don't belong here. 
And I think that's one of the reasons why Colossians 3 says, set your minds on things that are above, where Christ is seated, you know, where he is, where you've been, we've been raised with him. That's where we belong. And, and one day we will be there. But our minds also and our hearts need to be there as well. Because this world is so sinful, it has nothing to offer, it has nothing to satisfy. So how can we enter His gates with thanksgiving? How can we do these commands that we see in verse 4? By meditating, simply just worshiping God daily. Because when we come to come to His presence together as a congregation, all of these things will be easy. Why? Because we've been doing it every single day. I kind of think of it like, if, if we are citizens of the kingdom of God, I kind of think of it like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Chickasaw citizen, you know, because I have a, you know, I have a citizenship with, with them. And because of that, um, I, get, I get all of these, these benefits. I get, I get all of these good things because I'm a citizen with them. Um, you know, no, no one else does. If they're, if they're not, then, then, then they don't. They don't get anything. Like, there's nothing for you guys. You guys aren't Indian. You guys aren't Chickasaw. You guys get nothing. <laughs> there's, there's nothing for you, right? But because, you know, I'm a citizen with the Chickasaw Nation, I get, I get all of these benefits. In a way, it's, it's similar to with all the attributes that we, that we read about who, who God is, His character. You know, his, he's, he's a merciful God. He's a gracious God, a loving God. He's a faithful God. Um, and truly, we will, we will truly get all of, all of these things. Um, you know, and then the people who are not His, you know, they, they are receiving mercy. You know, there is common grace. You know, they're alive. They're here now. And they continue to sin against them. And right now, you know, there is a time where they, they are getting these things, but they're not getting, you know, what, what they would truly have if they were in Christ Jesus. So in a similar way, because we know the Lord and that we belong to Him and we are citizens with Him, uh, we do, you know, we do have. I don't want to say this is right. Just we have, we have benefits. <laughs> um, but I mean, His mercy and grace and love and patience and kindness and goodness, He will continue to show to us forever because we are in Christ. You know, sanctification glorification one day when we're in our glorified state you know all all who God is will be for us and we will be there for eternity worshiping him that's a wonderful thing to be looking forward to so know the Lord that he is God that we are his and that we can enter in thanksgiving enter into his gates with thanksgiving because 
of not only who He is and that we are His people, but also because we belong to Him. So enter in with thanksgiving, meditating on God's Word day and night. And in verse 5, it says this, For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever in His faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 34, 18. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And Romans 8, 28. One verse that me and my wife had have had to continually remind ourselves often. Um, some of you guys already know. Actually, all of you guys know. Everyone who's listening on Sermon Audio, they, they, you guys don't know. But for the past two years, you know, we, we have struggled um, with trying to just, just trying to have a child. You know, it's been, really, it's been really hard. It really has. There have been many times where we thought we were pregnant, you know, that Rachel was pregnant, but we, we weren't. Um, but we know through all of this that God is good. In Romans 8.28, it says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, everything that God does is good, no matter the circumstance. So even though we have prayed, that we have cried to have a baby, that God would give us the desire of our hearts, and He hasn't, that He hasn't given us that yet, He is still good. God is good. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. So the Lord is good. A dead man once said, As a wise, skilled pharmacist makes his medicine, our Heavenly Father wisely mixes exactly the right measure of bitter things and sweet to do us good. Too much joy would intoxicate us. Too much misery would drive us to despair. Too much sorrow would crush us. Too much suffering would break our spirits. Too much pleasure would ruin us. Too much defeat would discourage us. Too much success would puff us up. Too much failure would keep us from doing anything. Too much criticism would keep us from doing, or would harden us. Too much praise would exalt us. Our great God knows exactly what we need. His providence is wisely, wisely designed and is sovereignly sent for our good and His glory. God is good. And His steadfast love, His mercy endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. When it comes to God's faithfulness, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, says this, What a consolation it is that our God never changes. What He was yesterday, He is today. 
And what we find in him today, we shall find in him forever. He says, are you struggling with sin? Don't struggle in your own strength. It is God who performs all things for you. In the hand of Jesus, all his people are. And in that hand they shall be forever and ever. None shall pluck you. None shall pluck them out of my hand, says the Lord. Their preservation shall be perfected. So too their sanctification. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful from generation to generation because He is good. So why can we make a joyful noise to the Lord? Why can we serve the Lord with gladness? And why can we come into His presence with singing? And why can we enter His gates his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Giving thanks to Him. Blessing His name. Blessing simply meaning exalting Him. You know, the word really means to kneel. To bless Him is to give Him recognition. To bless His name. To exalt His name. Out of all of these imperatives, all these all these commands we see in Psalm 100 on how and why we can do these things, He answers with verse 3 and verse 5. Know the Lord that He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. That is a truth. That is truth. That is a truth statement. And verse 5, For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. We can do all of these commands, all seven of these commands that we see in Psalm 100, because we know the Lord. But not only that, but because He knows us. And if we meditate on that, our focus is on these things. Then all of these things will be a daily lifestyle. It will be easy to us. Because we have been continually doing it. So rejoice and know that the Lord is good. Uh, let's let's pray together.